Hello, and welcome to the Mind Fitness Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Ursh, and my role as your mentor is to help fuel, feed, and grow your brain to enable you to live your best life. That's right, I want to help you create your life by design. As the owner of New Zealand's longest running women's gym and health and wellness coach for over 22 years, I've had the privilege of helping thousands of women transform their bodies. And what I've learned is the key to all success starts with transforming your thinking. My mission for this podcast is to enlighten and brighten your day. I am super excited today to have Suzanne Lama, who most people uh, from the gym world, or at least the old gym world Lama, know you as Lama, not Suzanne Lama. So if you hear me reference Lama as, I mean, Suzanne as Lama today, that's because I only ever call her Lama. So I'm going to say your name probably for the first and only time today. Suzanne Lama is joining us today on the podcast, on the Mind Fitness Mentor Podcast, where we talk with women who are achieving real results in the real world. And the reason that I really wanted to bring you on today was because in 2018, you did your first ever Ironman. And I was privileged to be a personal trainer at the time. And it's something that's always inspired me because I think that there's a few people on this planet that are capable of really going out and living their dreams. And I remember when we had the discussion about it, which we can talk about later, um, you came back and you bloody did it. That's what ended up happening. And so I'm super um, excited to have you here. I would love to talk about, you know, your beliefs and your attitudes and your standards so that we can help other women out there that are really committed or maybe they're not committed right now, um, about wanting to do something in the fitness arena or they've got a goal that they don't know how to achieve and just chunking down what worked for you and maybe that will help work for other people. So just give us an uh, intro on who you are, what do you love, what are you passionate about and what the heck made you decide to do an Ironman? Um, well, I think, first of all, I wasn't the fit um active person 10 years ago um yeah. and in fact I've lived quite a sedentary life so from going from that to then doing an Ironman was um a little bit surreal um and certainly when I joined um your gym about 10 years ago if someone had said to me I was going to do an Ironman I would have laughed in their face um it wasn't something that I'd ever aspired to at that point mm. um however through the gym, I had started doing events and really enjoyed them and kind of felt a real rush of energy after. Um, and so I think it was after the first uh, 100K cycle, you said to me that I should be looking into endurance mm -hmm. events. And I thought you were a little bit crazy. Um, okay, a lot crazy. And, then, and now <laughs> the, roles, the, the roles have changed. Have you noticed that? I think you're a little bit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um so so yeah so um and well, maybe I, I guess that's a yeah. good place to start is you know 10 years ago because you know you didn't just wake up one day and I'm doing an Ironman and it happened like that was mm -hmm. years in the making and most people think that when they achieve goals that they're just going to go and do it tomorrow and then they get really frustrated that they didn't achieve what they wanted to they set themselves up to fail and then they self-sabotage or they procrastinate so Maybe let's have a chat about what were the first few events that you did? What made you go and do those events? And, and what was your belief system, you know, at the time before doing an event? 
Yeah, um, so I think I joined the gym and I had at that start was my goals were around weight loss. That was kind of all I wanted from the gym. And I kind of hit my my target and I kind of realized that actually old habits were going to slink straight back in if I didn't have a goal that kind of still got me up and excited. Mm. And at the time, um, there was what Pauline, Kerri-Ann, Andrea and Tracy that were talking about doing a 100k cycle and um, I kind of thought oh god if you guys are going to do it I'll come and do it too (laughs) Um, so um, the reality on our first cycle about how hard (laughs) that was going to be kind of hit Um, but it it was something that I really enjoyed. Did you ever cycled 100k before doing the 100k that we did? Um, only in the training I think the most we got to was 75 but prior to that probably the furthest I'd ever cycled would have been maybe 15 maybe 20 but that was a good 10 years earlier if not longer and it was it was certainly not on a road bike and it was certainly um, not an event it was just um, some way of keeping fit when I kind of at uni in terms of I'd cycle to work and things um and then I'd taken 10 years off of cycling so yeah (laughs) but no so you've done a little bit of cycling had a break for 10 years and then all of a sudden thought I'm going to get back into it you've hit your weight loss goal and now did you want more did you strive for more or did you just want to stay fit and at the same weight like what was your driver um I think like there were a few things that kind of happened so um there was the the cycling and I had got into running, um, mm. which I was enjoying. It was mm. it was just something that I thought was fun. Um, now, when we say you were enjoying, I do remember a couple of episodes where you didn't enjoy the instructions from your trainer. <laughs> so it's not always <laughs> fun, is it? <laughs> so and, and um, this, this is important because people think that you're just going to go out and you're going to run your minute K in your personal best like that. And how long did it take for you to understand or, or to feel that running was something that is going to be okay and you're not going to slog your guts out till the first lamppost and die? Um, like, I think, well, I remember I was starting at the gym and going, as part of a challenge that I had to add a 3K run in each day to meet some kind of criteria, and I remember the first one that my motivation was really just swearing at you. Mm. Um, and then I kind of got to the end and was kind of surprised that I hadn't had to stop. Um, that's not to say that I was running at pace. Mm. Uh, and that was not to say that I was breathing properly and enjoying mm. any of it. Um, but there was this moment at the end that I kind of got this little little surprise that actually I could do it. Mm. Um, and it took how me a little that, while to enjoy it. For you, though? you know, because, you know, so how did that feel? Because your initial response to something that was outside of your comfort zone was reactive. And like, I can put my hand up and say, hey, I'm the first. As soon as someone beats me out of my comfort zone, I'm like a little bit reactive. Although I'd like to be more proactive and it's something I'm working on. And I certainly know it's something that you've been working on too. So I know that we can have that conversation. But what did it feel like going from reactive to holy shit, I did it to holy shit, I can do this? Yeah, I, I think it was kind of surprise. Uh, mm. And then it, there was something that was kind of like, it wasn't, I guess because I viewed it as impossible. 
at right. that point. And mm. so then I had done it, then it was like, oh, well, I wonder next time if I can do that a little faster. Um, and, and what I learned was some days you're going to go faster and some days you're actually going to go slower. Um, and they were the harder days for me. Um, mm. But the days where you'd kind of actually um, got a really neat pace, I really enjoyed. Um, so it's so that sense of accomplishment it... at the end. Yeah, so what was that? It was just that sense of accomplishment mm. at the end. Yeah. yeah. And, and what did the sense of accomplishment give you specifically? Um, I, I guess it was confidence. Um, mm. And because my self-view in terms of my limitations kind of had been expanded, all of a sudden I could run three and then five and then eight and then 21 and then dot, dot, dot. Um, and so, um, and that's not to say that every one of those runs were easy or fun and there were certainly mm. injuries along the way and um, days where you'd felt you'd had a really good time and then you actually looked at the time and it wasn't so great and then there was some health stuff that popped up in life. Um, but I found that running became a, a not meditative kind of thing, but a, a break from all of the outside pressures because I was non-contactable. I was out, I was listening to music that I enjoyed. Um, don't know if I should share that often that my running music when I'm doing an event is actually Christmas carols. <laughs> so <laughs> why, like Christmas, Christmas, why sorry, Christmas, Christmas carols? Because I all just of like us have our I know the words. Um, mm, they yeah. they kind of bring out happiness for me mm. and um, yeah, they just take me out of the, the space, especially, you know, especially on a try where your body might be a little bit tired by the time you right. get to that. Yeah. yeah. So if someone was looking to start running, so, you know, I don't run and then all of a sudden I want to start running, what would you recommend to them? Like what were the things that made things easier for you and doable and then achievable? So just when you um, first started running, not straight into the Ironman, because I would like to have a, you know, a couple of questions about that too. But when we look at something for the first time, and, and this is 10 years ago, and you didn't classify yourself as a runner as such, and you had to start at the beginning. So, yeah, so I suppose six years before an Ironman for me, running was around accountability. Um, nice. And so um, a huge amount of that was with, with you as my trainer. Mm. Um, and it was around how, uh, at first it was just actually doing the distance. I don't think it was even a time thing. It was yeah. just how far did you go and how did it feel? Yes. Uh, I remember you asking me that a lot and I was like, what do you mean? How did it feel? I did it, you know? <laughs> how do you um, think it felt? <laughs> yeah. I can't breathe yet. Come back to me in a week. Um, but then slowly you do notice actually there's some improvement and whether it's, um, it just felt doable and whether, you know, I think for me when I finish a run and wish that it was longer, yeah, it was kind of a real kind of thing of going, wow, that's, that's progress. Mm. Um, so, and there was certainly days where I would um, have someone that would come with me. Um, yes. And, and I know that um, for some people kind of when you're running with someone that you perceive as being fitter or faster, you often think, oh, I'm holding them up. But actually mm. sometimes those runs are the ones that actually without having that running buddy, it wouldn't happen at all. Mm. Um, so, so accountability is quite big. Yeah. And, and, and whether it's doing it with someone, whether it's checking in after or um, meeting up for coffee after. Um, I love so that. We've always had, there's always a meeting place after a big ride or a cycle. And when I say a big ride, it doesn't have to be big. 
you know, in 20 Ks and, and we can all meet for coffee or meet for breakfast. And that's certainly, you know, that dopamine reward system is helping people, you know, do something and then celebrate it. So accountability, what would be your second thing that you would recommend to people that are looking at starting potentially a running or a swimming or a um, triathlon or, you know, I've just started training. So accountability. So whether um, that be a coach or a trainer or friends. What yeah, else um, really well for you? Well, I, I suppose for me, what worked really well was having someone to tell me what to do um, because I'm not that good at going, well, how should I be doing this? And so things like um, going out and running, I might just go and do, but actually the stretching or the mm. um, how far to go um, were things where I, I, I still feel like I need someone to, mm. to prompt that because actually I... I, I forget how important those things are until I'm injured or aren't able to do it or whatever, or, you know, you're absolutely exhausted because you've overdone it. Yeah. Um, I think so. that's a really good point for everybody here is, and we've both experienced this and, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be your trainer for many years. So we, and what we found was that you would go into an event and then everyone else that had never done that event or they've only done that event three or four times, they would come and start to give you feedback. So there's always cross messages of you should be doing that, you could be doing that, why aren't you doing this? And people jumping into your sandpit when you had a goal and it was like giving advice when they, one, haven't done it themselves or two, they weren't actually taking it into your whole picture you know, like your flexibility, like come and do a class with me or come and do this or, or why don't you run 10Ks instead of running 5Ks? Why don't you run up a hill or, you know, and people, and I do the same. It's like, we want people to, to come and do it with us or we feel that we want to tell people the what to do. But actually, unless someone's been working with you or trains you and knows your body, nobody would know that flexibility was going to pay, play such a huge part in your, especially doing your Ironman. You know, we had to prioritize massages and we had to prior prioritize the chiropractor and we had to prioritize yoga and all of these things, which, you know, people don't actually see behind the scenes. So accountability, having an expert, uh, I would love to know what did you need to believe in order to think that you could do an Ironman? So yeah yeah I think and that's another thing of the things that I needed um actually all along the way was having some people that believed so mm. it was kind of like yes you can um because there's going to be days regardless if you're doing a 3k run to try and build your fitness because you're not a runner yet um mm. or or whatever it might be or your comeback or whatever like having mm. someone that goes yeah you can um, you know, I like I think about Nick, who um yeah. an amazing supporter and yeah. like the amount of events away and things that she just kind of tagged in on and she was just like, Yep, yeah, we can do it, <laughs> which was you know huge. Um so I agree. I believe having people believe in yourself, and that's you know, the other thing I think that both you and I agree on is is that who we align ourselves with is who we align ourselves with is everything. Oh, and and I think when you take on a big goal, regardless of what it is, you know, mine was an Ironman, but there were certainly people who didn't share um, that that aspiration in that area, and certainly kind of moved out of my world at that time. Um, and some of that was quite hard, mm. but actually I had a choice in that in terms of whether I was going to stay focused on that goal. Um, mm. And 
So there had to be part of me that believed that this was important. Um, and um, yeah, that was, that was probably the biggest belief was the fact that um, I decided that I was going to do something um, mm. and that to do that, it meant sacrifice and it meant yes. having to um, prioritise that over you, a lot of stuff. Can you share some of the sacrifices that you had to make personally that maybe you weren't aware of at the time? Like you had to sacrifice, like you say, there were some, the, some friends or potentially family, you know, regardless, or even work colleagues at that time that weren't not necessarily going to support the journey. They just didn't want a bar of it. You know, it's just like yeah. now you've, moved, you've put a line in the sand and now you're going to be that person. So, you know, things changed. Yeah, like they did, like my um, my group of friends at that stage um, became a little bit smaller in terms of the people that I hung around with because actually I didn't have as much social time. Mm. Um, and... Um, particularly when training for Ironman, um, I wasn't able to do the classes at the gym as much. Like, you know, spin was in, pyo was in, yoga was in. Um, but lots of the other classes that I'd up until that point been enjoying, I wasn't mm. allowed to do. And admittedly, I did sneak into some because actually I felt like hitting a bag and it was probably better than a wall. Um, and so there were certainly times where I broke rules. And I remember even taking my watch off just in case it got recorded. <laughs> um, but um, what also happened in that time was the fact that I actually started aligning with people who had done Ironman before. Yes, um, yes. and actually and share that with us like what was that experience like because now you've gone out of a really comfortable space and now you've you've started putting putting feelers out to go I'm going to try and do this and still having people that believed in you but now you're playing an arena that you'd had no previous experience so what did that feel like um well I remember um meeting the coach for the first time and kind of going, you know, I've done, I've done about four halves and about five, uh, sorry, four quarters and five half Ironman and a few Olympic distance by that stage and kind of, you know, almost feeling like I was going for an interview <laughs> um, as opposed to interviewing um, her to see whether or not that I was going to be a good match. Mm. Um, and then kind of realizing that there was, um, potential so there was kind of this kind of flummer of yeah you can come and I joined a tri squad where I'd kind of gone from a situation where I was really comfortable at the gym mm. um I knew all the classes I knew lots of people I was a bit of the loud mouth I think I'd, well, I had started um teaching teaching by that stage um so I felt no one accepted um and challenged in that environment in a way that I felt really safe and so then turning up into a squad of Ironman was huge for me um, and I remember at the end of our first one we all looked at our um, average heart rates <laughs> mine was off the scale <laughs> um, and and just knowing that I had no idea what that meant um, and you know they're talking aerobic and anaerobic exercise and it, there are all these new words and terms and um, stuff whereas the first day I was kind of a bit blown out of the water mm. um, but then from that time like the generosity of um, knowledge and experience that was shared mm. by people who had actually done that because they did they wanted you to succeed yes um, it wasn't a, a competitive thing it was a oh yeah we're training we're going to meet at the pool jump on in you know um, and you know just little tips about you know 
nutrition and um, hydration and sleep and and stuff, you know, um, just around what really was important. Mm. Um, And, you know, um, I remember parties and and things like that. You kind of, you know, the first to leave and you kind of having to really work out what, whether you could go to social events because you've got to be up at 4.30 in the morning to go and do this training. And also Um, what you were valuing. So what did you, how did your values change at that time? I, I think actually I was really clear on mm. what was important. Mm. So um, on Saturday mornings, uh, sorry, Sundays, I would meet up with some um, of the group that I was training with um, for long runs or, or cycles. And then I would often kind of skirt back to my brother's place so I could catch up with my nieces and jump on the trampoline and things like that. So it was uh, making sure that what was important to me kind of mm. fitted in. Uh, and then there were definitely days where I was really conflicted around what I wanted to do and what I needed to do mm. and felt bad that I felt that I was letting people down and, you know, um, going up to Mangawai at New Year's, but packing all of my, you know, I'm a wind trainer on my bike and going out for runs while everyone else is still sleeping and, mm. you know, not drinking or, you know, keeping to, to the nutrition plan because actually, you know, it doesn't feel so great running 15k the next morning when you're you know you've overeaten the night before so yeah what if if I was to ask you or people would love to know what are the three things I guess about doing an Ironman that we would never know about like what 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 blew you out of the water um well you didn't expect (laughs) I guess the one thing that I hadn't really anticipated was how amazing it is to have supporters there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like when I think back to that event, the the people that came all the way down from Auckland to be there, mm-hmm. um, like they will forever have a special part in my heart because they were there from, was it six in the morning or 5.30 in the morning, right till I finished at night. And it was a long day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they, they, they were there at the finish line when I crossed through. It was just amazing. Um, so I think that's um, probably my best memory from the day is, is the people that came down um, and did it. And, you know, being able to talk Sam into running most of the run with me. <laughs> I think she expected to do a marathon that day, but she did. <laughs> Good training for her. Lama was it great was. training. <laughs> and what I still two other things. her coffee as well. Yeah. <laughs> You'd bought it. <laughs> So what about two other things that people should maybe think about before they're doing a triathlon or a Ironman? Like what other two things? I think like actually having a, a person who knows exactly what you need to do so that you've got an expert that can kind of tailor mm. your training. Um, I think the thing I never anticipated when I started was what that training was going to be like towards the end. Mm-hmm. And um, I had the unfortunate episode of falling off my bike. I think it was about six weeks prior and had a huge hematoma and couldn't feel most of my right leg and under my foot um, on the day. And had I not had the trainers and the experts and, you know, and Michelle with her hook and up the specialist, the specialist appointment like all yeah um like it would have been um something that at that point that I probably wouldn't have known if I could do mm. um and so like that was invaluable um 
but also like it's I think the thing is is that the body is amazing like there were moments in that event that were just surreal and amazing you know swimming in Lake Taupo and looking down and there's someone with a you know a video camera looking up at you that's deep in the water as you're swimming and just being able to see I don't know hundreds and hundreds of swimmers all kind of heading out at the same time and, and you're part of that and you know there's oh. elite athletes that are, are doing exactly the same event as you um, but you are then, an elite athlete like you're an iron man so like what is it so for those people that don't know what an iron man is so give us the distances so how far are we cycling? How far are we running? How far? I'm glad it says it on the other side of this. It's yeah. a 3.8 k swim, 180 k cycle, and then a 42.2 k run. Yeah, um, so that's a marathon. So for people that don't know that, that's a marathon. And we're looking how many k cycling? 180? Did you say 180 k? Yeah. Yeah. So which that's, is approximately what Talpo to Rotorua and then back again. Yeah. Mm. So, and how um, far is the swim? Good hills, uh, 3.8 k. Yeah. So so yeah. most people think that, oh, it's just an Ironman. And when I think it's just an Ironman, I'm like, man, you could, like, fly to L.A. in the same time that you're out there training. Like, that's how long. Listen, that's how long your body is under physical, not, well, it is, it's under physical pain. So what was what would be the third thing that people probably wouldn't know about doing an Ironman? Um. I think it's I, I think it's just the fact that it's totally possible if you do the training and you've got your like if you set it up it's totally doable um they I'm just thinking of all these other kind of things that are kind of flooding through my head at the no. moment in terms of like for me that first half lap of the run was yeah. the only time in the event where I thought I'm not going to be able to finish this Mm. um and you know that's after hips, you've done 185 k's on a bike and you've done the swim so the first yeah. lap of the run was the first time that you had doubt yeah totally like because I up until like the cycle I did, I loved the cycle mm. um and I kind of and because the previous event enduro I'd done a flat cycle and hated the cycle so for me yes. it was quite a empowering thing to enjoy the cycle and then I kind of got off and I think it was even, I think it was in the first K. So, you know, your, your legs are, are used to cycling for all these hours, so actually walking in different shoes and things. Are, um, it was painful. And I kind of got to the first kind of stop where um, a group of friends were sitting in a marquee and I just said, I don't think I can do this. Mm. And they were pretty blunt and said, yes, you can. And they actually kind of, they had water waiting for me when I got back and they just said at the top of the hill you'll see you know there's a, a you know the first aid station and you'll find your feet and you'll get there and I got to the first aid station and I didn't find my feet and I didn't enjoy it and then I saw Julie is it Mahir at the top yes. and so she yeah. was starting to to kind of and so I kind of just kept walking I wasn't running and just I thought I just felt yuck I felt like nauseous and, and horrible and then I kind of got to the top of the hill and there was a guy and he was literally crawling 
Um, he'd had a gastro kind of response to his gels and stuff, and he looked worse than I did. And I remember looking at him going, oh, actually, I feel a bit better now because at least I'm still walking. Yeah, and then yeah. I kind of found my feet. And once I found my feet, it just I just kept going. And it was, it was not concentrating on 42.2K run, um, which actually up until the day because I'd hurt my hip, I hadn't run more than 30K. Mm. Um, and so there was a part of me going, can I, well, actually 42.2K for me on this event was no harder than doing a 30K. Um, right. Because everything that hurt still Good. hurt. Yeah. But it didn't get worse. Um, and so the, the pain tolerance just stayed and it just continued. So was it mindset? You stop focusing on it was mm. probably the thing. Like I think the first half lap I was focusing on I don't feel well. Um, and then I got to to the the point where someone really didn't look well, and I was like, actually, I'm being a bit precious here. And then kind of, you know, just took that deep breath and thought, fuck, I'm doing an Ironman. Yeah. So it was it was cool, and I think that's something that I've done in all my events. It's that you know, cycling up the top of a hill and actually just taking that deep breath and looking around and going, wow, this is a beautiful place that we're in. Mm. Um, so living in the moment. So yeah, just being, just appreciating, like, you know, there's not like I don't up until meeting all the people that do Iron Man and yeah. Squad, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hadn't met anyone that had ever done an Iron Man before. It wasn't something that, you know, it you know, it wasn't something that everybody gets to do. Uh, and here I was, little old me doing an Iron Man. It was really cool. Yeah. And you're the you're the only person that I know or that I've trained, and I didn't even do all of the the intense training for Ironman. I was a trainer. Me and then, yeah. And it was like, well, you need to go now and go and find yourself another coach that specializes in Ironman. You're like, well, no. And I was like, I remember well, that conversation. this is not my level of expertise, you know? And I remember that conversation in the gym ish. And you said that, and I went into, and I was like, okay. And I got to the showers and I cried because this was scary. It was like, I don't want to. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of that kind of thing of, well, if I want to do it, I have to. Hmm. And it wasn't as bad, like, you know, having a coach who literally tracked how yeah. my body responding was amazing and had all of the expertise specific to this event. Um, and I remember her advice of if you've got a personal trainer who knows your body, you need to keep her. Because, hmm. you know, there was years of kind of knowing me in terms of events and and being able to keep me focused, um, which she said, absolutely stay with your trainer, mm. um, but I'll give you the, the program and I'll tell you the how, which was just phenomenal because I had two amazing people who mm. had that. Um, and for me, if I'd only had um, my coach, I wouldn't have done it because there were days where I was just, I was ready to pack it in. Yeah. So what would you say to people that, have this dream uh, as we wrap up now, but what, what did you need to hear maybe that you'd like to say to them? Um, I think it's kind of important to kind of look at what do you have to do today to get towards this dream mm. um, instead of trying to look at the, because I think I took just over 12 months in terms of training specific for it and 
I remember thinking I can't run 42.2k like the actual swimming I actually was really confident at that wasn't an area of stretch and cycling um I don't think I'd cycled more than 100k but I thought only another 80k it'll be it'll be fine um (laughs) but running 42.2k to me was just so far outside of the realm of possibility um and and just knowing that actually you're allowed to walk some of that was 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 great. Um, and and just doing consistent steps towards that is um, important. No, like knowing where you want to go, yeah. having a plan, yeah. um, and being prepared to make the sacrifices to actually get there. Um, and you know, in the times where there were other opportunities that kind of you know those bright shiny things that kind of yeah. distract us at times kind of actually stopping and really thinking about do I really want this or do I really want this goal um because it's really easy to get distracted and kind of find you know that you've done all these little things that might make you go yay in the moment but actually don't get you to where you want to go thank you I really love how you've languaged that and it's just knowing that this is so important that you're going to have to make those big sacrifices and then aligning with people that are going to help support that journey, having that plan and sticking to the plan. So who are you now after you've completed your Ironman? What changed for you? Um, I think that when things that are really tough that kind of come up in my peripheral, I'm, I'm not as hesitant as as I used to be around accepting those challenges because I know that I can kind of do things that I don't believe that I can at the start um I also need reminding constantly to to go and ask the experts (laughs) don't we all (laughs) like that's probably the one that I still need to kind of make sure I check in on that there's often someone who actually knows exactly what you need to do to get to where you want to go Mm -hmm. Um, because they've done their version of that and being able to just ask those questions and not from a, what should I do, but how did you do it? Yes. Um, and yes. my experience of doing that has always been really positive with people being really happy to share that. Mm. Um, and actually kind of um, thinking in terms of even being asked, it's kind of a compliment. It's kind of someone mm. recognizes something in you that they kind of aspire to. That's, yeah, that's right and giving the opportunity for other people to lead in their areas of expertise. I've found the same thing. So when I, you know, when I'm at my next goal and then I think who's going to be my next mentor, my next coaches, who's got what I want right now in that specific arena, aligning with those people. And I've never been rejected yet. I feel like I'm going to like exactly like how you said, it feels like you're going to get interviewed. And watching the person who you were, and now the person that you have become. And I used to think that you were extremely resourceful then. I definitely think the confidence, I think that you have more determination. I think that you are extremely resourceful regardless. Like I think it doesn't, you're a person that says never say die. And when, you know, you're doing that last lap on your run and you've got nothing left to give and all you're doing is laughing, and you're having a joke, and you're stopping, and you wanted to drink coffee, and it's like, hello, like, what are we doing? We're in an event right now, like, you don't have time to have fun, and you're like, well, we have to have fun, 
And so I just really wanted to celebrate you to say thank you for jumping on here tonight, but also reminding us that by living in the present moment, we get to appreciate everything that's around us. The fact that you got the opportunity to do an Ironman, not that you had to make sacrifices to do an Ironman, but you saw that in a way that opened up even more opportunity for you. You know, and you gave the opportunity for the likes of me and Sam and people at the gym to support you and to honor your journey. And, you know, by you stepping out of your comfort zone, that's going to inspire someone else that watches us today, that listens to this today to say, hell, I can do it. And they can do it because you're an Iron Man. So every time I think I'm getting tired, well, if Lama can do an Iron Man, I've got nothing to complain about. So, just now we're going to quickly wrap up. What's your next event that you would love to train for? Because I just want to put it out there so that everybody now knows and it's cemented in you. Not the <laughs> next one, but what's your big, your next big one? Oh, so it's certainly Comrades, um, not next year, but the year after. Um, and then I want to do Coast to Coast before I'm 50. So there we go. It's gone. It's gone live. Everyone's going to see this. So we're going to keep you accountable. We're going to be your biggest cheerleaders. And, you know, I'm all about going to South Africa for another holiday. So we won't <laughs> be leading up on that goal. So that'll be our next one, not next year, the year after. So it's going to be downhill. So looking forward to that. So thank you so much for being on the podcast and being one of those real women that are getting real results in the real world. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thanks. Thank you. See you later. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend or share it on the socials. And don't forget to tag me on hashtag MFM, Mind Fitness Mentor. And if nobody's told you today, remember, you are loved, you matter, and you are more than enough. Remember, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. I can't wait to see you then.